Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I'm thrilled to have my friend Paula Bartholomus with Idaho Cobbs or Idaho Community Outreach Behavioral Services, also known for being statewide anti-trafficking services. Paula, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sandy, for having me. So we met, what, four and a half, five years ago? Yes. And for the first year or so, I was just one of those pesky ad people that you would get these emails <laughs> from. And then you started working with another organization helping victims of human trafficking, and you and I were reintroduced. As I was getting ready for today and looking back at that, I literally laughed out loud because you didn't know me and you didn't know my heart yet. And you were maybe a little leery of me at that next meeting. And you had every right to be. You didn't know the heart I have for trafficking victims. And we have to be honest, we both know that victims have been through enough. They've not had a good life and they need to be protected by those who are rescuing them. So let's talk a little bit about human trafficking. I know that some of the local news programs have done stories on trafficking lately, but there's so much people don't know about trafficking. And while it's sad to say it's happening right here in the Treasure Valley, Paula, can you share with our listeners just a little bit who don't know much about trafficking, what it looks like and who it impacts? Absolutely. So in order for it to be considered human trafficking for adults, there has to be forced fraud or coercion, any kind of exploitation of an individual for services. And so and we, what we see around here is a lot of our young adults and young children who are being sold for sex. They have a trafficker or the old terms are pimp, but we like to refer to them as what they are. They're traffickers. And what they're doing is they're making money and they're making a lot of money off of our individuals for sex and labor both. Gosh, that is just heartbreaking. Um, how prevalent is it here? Oh, it's pretty prevalent. It's one of those things that we just don't notice. It's hidden, hidden in plain sight, basically. Um, it is happening in every single hotel in our whole Treasure Valley. Everything from the I-84 clear through the, the Grove um, and some of the nicer hotels downtown. Every single hotel, every single day has got some level of trafficking happening in it. Oh my gosh, that is heartbreaking. So we have it here. What, what about... The rest of Idaho. I've been here almost all of my life yeah. since I was two years old. And I still don't, you know, my husband, I have to remind my husband to lock the doors at night. You know, we, we are lulled right. into this false sense of security. And so I think we're, some of us, especially native Idahoans, we're a little bit naive about really what's going on right here in our own backyard. Oh, absolutely. And Idaho people come to Idaho for the safety and for the security, which is also why traffickers come to Idaho and traffickers exist here in Idaho is because it's a, it's a small, you know, town, it's a small state, it's a small there's small cities and there people think that there it isn't happening, but it is very much happening. I think the thing that really gets people and why it's hidden in plain sight is because traffickers look like just you and I, Sandy. They're just yeah. regular people. They're moms, dads, uncles, aunts. You know, familial trafficking is by far the biggest population in Idaho where we're selling our own family. You know, that, that I'll never forget when I first learned that mm -hmm. fact. It, it shocked me. I was heartbroken. You know, it's, I'm the youngest of six kids. I came from a great family. 
you know, Ozzy and Harriet. And when I found out that there are moms and dads and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles that will do this to their own life blood, just absolutely broke my heart. Because you yeah. always think that it's, you know, some total stranger and, you know, this dark figure and, and to figure that out. And, and then to find out that there are even husbands Absolutely. That that traffic their wives. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I've actually treated a couple of women in the last couple of years who have come to me and said, I think my husband's selling me. I think he's trading me. And as we did more looking into it, it it actually was true. Oh, my gosh. What a horrible. The one person that you think is, you know, outside of your parents that you think is going to always have your back. I can't imagine that. So, so again, how prevalent? So it's prevalent all through Idaho. It's prevalent. We are actually, we're seeing new victims and survivors every single week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is, that is just crazy. So, so can you, you know, it's funny because when I first learned of human trafficking, my first thing was not here. And the stories that I learned, I was like, well, I guess it is here. But, you know, initially, you know, you always think that it's in Thailand because that's where so many, you know, that's where it made it famous. And, and then to find out that it's just right here. Um, so tell us about Idaho Cobbs and the work that you and your team do for the gals as well as the guys who are victims of trafficking because it affects both guys and gals. Absolutely. I first just want to kind of touch on that international thing because I think it's very important for people to understand that um, it used to look like just international trafficking, but now America has become the number one country of trafficking. We, we have superseded all other countries that have been historically known for sex trafficking. We are now in our domestic trafficking we are now the number one. How sad. Not not something we want to be known for num- no. as number one of. Absolutely. So I'll tell you about Cobbs, Idaho Cobbs. It's a nonprofit we started about six years ago for wanting to get out and educate individuals in our, in, in our community about trafficking. Because what we have learned is the more that we are educated, the more that we can see it, the more than we can help and we can step in when those situations happen. We have, we've been um, in about five or six years, we've just been doing education and awareness. And in August of 2020, we opened a drop-in center. And what this drop-in center is for all victims of crime, because what we know in the trafficking arena is that they don't identify. Victims do not self-disclose or identify as a victim of trafficking. And so we just put it out there as victims of crime. So they would come to see us. And what we do is we just, we love them where they are. We provide them clothing and personal hygiene. We provide them new bras if they need to. We're finding so many victims wear the same undergarments for days and weeks and months on end. And so we're able to provide that. We're able to provide them food if they need something to eat or just to even be. We just wrap around, love them. We have case managers, peer support. We have trauma therapists. So we're just able to give them what they need right now. That's amazing. That yeah. That is amazing. And, and you know, that's true, especially when we look back earlier in this conversation when we talk about family trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have, you know, the old waterbed. <laughs> Think about yeah. the 80s, <laughs> aging myself here. But on my headboard, I had this beautiful sign that someone had made for me. And it said, children learn what they live. Absolutely. And if that is your family background and you you may not realize or like the wife that I think my husband. Absolutely. If that's your reality, you may not even be aware of it. Mm -hmm. And so what what an amazing way to find an outreach because once they trust you, then they open up and they can start talking to you. Yes. And one of the another one of the things is the women go back out into the life on an average of five to seven times. And so we know once we just love them and we plant a seed, we know that the chances of them going back out, it's pretty high, pretty significant. Um, But they always come back. They reach out to us. They can be in different states. We have women right now all across the country that reach out. Some of them are still working. 
the job, but some are trying really hard to take those little things that we've planted and and move forward and try to find something because they know the unhealthy trafficking life. They know that every day. They can do that. It's the clean and sober, the healthy, the the productive life that they don't know, and that's what we're able to provide them. Yeah, and and you know, I know I know you, and I know some of your volunteers, and you know, you all have this unique ability to love unconditionally and non-judgmentally. Mm-hmm. And you get a great big gold star for that because <laughs> that, that's not always easy because they do they do fall. You know, um, a part of the component of human trafficking is drug addiction. They get, you know, yes. the, the pimp, the whoever, the trafficker gets them addicted to drugs. And that addiction mm-hmm. is just what it is. It's an addiction and it's hard to break that. Absolutely. You know, there is not a single person in the world that says, I want to be sold 20 times a day. But we have survivors who have been sold 20 times a day, every single day. And so the only way for them to cope and to deal with it is to is to use the, the substance, to, the drugs, the alcohol, to be able to go because they don't think they have another life. That's sad. That is sad. Well, yeah. and, and then part of that is the psychological. You Absolutely. know, if, if you're told enough, that you're not worth anything more, or that is all you're ever mm-hmm. going to be. Eventually, you start believing that. Mm-hmm. So before we went on air, you were sharing with me about the new task force. So let's talk about that for okay. a few minutes. Yes. So we have a lot of amazing partners in the community. One of them is Homeland Security, Idaho State Police. We were team with um, Ada County Sheriff and a lot of the law enforcement's so we had started a task force, something that we've been trying to do in Idaho for quite a few years now. But this last summer, we actually, it, it came to life. And so now we're five months in and we're meeting about monthly and it's just providers and law enforcement all over the valley starting to come together and say, let's see what's working. What are other states doing? How do we make this come together from the law enforcement and the victim side and meet in the middle to make sure that we're providing the services, but we're also starting to make some arrests and make a whole accountable the traffickers and the buyers i love that because early on um this has been a journey and and i yes. and i've walked a lot of it with with yes. alongside of some of you um who are in the trenches every day and early on the police had no idea no again so many of the victims would be arrested on drug charges and they would never address i remember talking to you and and one of your volunteers one of your key volunteers one time about the frustration of trying to get the police to see behind beyond the drug charge. Yes. To see that, to ask a few more questions because it was probably more than likely related to drug or to human trafficking. And so to, to see this task force come to fruition is so encouraging in this. Yeah, and it takes a lot of education as well. You know, another one of the things besides the drugs are the prostitution. Everybody wants to use the verbiage prostitute. And so one of the things that we are just so sold on is we're trying to educate law enforcement, including that they're not prostitutes, that there's a very small percentage of legal prostitution across the country. And so I actually just had this discussion with a law enforcement um, agent yesterday about about his verbiage was something about the prostitute. And I, I had to clarify with him. I said, to be a prostitute, she collects the money, she keeps the money, and nothing goes elsewhere. Most of them are not. They are the boyfriends or the family that's getting the money, and it's for food, other things, So, which is trafficking. Yeah. If somebody else is getting money from that prostitution, then it is, it's trafficking and it's not prostitution. And so that in itself, that topic alone, is really hard to get educated out there into our community. And you do so 
such a great job at the education level. I've attended a couple of your classes and you. and you you are articulate and for me it has to be education 101. You have to dumb it down and I've always understood everything you've said. So I applaud you for that too and encourage our listeners if they're interested um you know to follow along. You you have a Facebook page? We do. Um, and you announce those trainings. Mm-hmm. And so I just really encourage anybody who, and we'll get into that more a little bit later. I kind of rabbit trailed here on you. Um, but the, the education level is is a key component in trying to get a grip on and get ahead of the traffic. Absolutely. One, another thing that we do at Idaho Cobbs is we actually have the crisis team. So I have a team of eight of us women and we actually go on the recoveries. So when Homeland Security calls or one of the law enforcement, they'll call us anytime, day or night, seven days a week. We actually go into the hotels, to the parking lots, to wherever they think that there might be a potential victim. So we're able to be there with them with supplies and just love them. Oh, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. So... Um, from, from the very first conversation that you and I had about trafficking, you've had a dream to open a halfway house. And, you know, like so many things, um, it's a step forward and a step back or two steps forward and a step back. And as we were, we were texting, you were so busy. I, I felt really bad when I invited you on. It was a text. It wasn't even a phone call because you're so busy. And I'm just like, I'm going to text her because... I know that when she has time, she'll get to the text and yes. I'm just not going to hound her, you know. And so you shared some really exciting news with me. So yes. you have opened a halfway house. What's, what's different this time? Share with me because I'm super excited yes. about this news. So we just opened a safe house and it is the house of Shalom, which is the house of peace. Um, it is going to be able to house seven women plus an extra crisis bed. It will be women of uh, that are victims of trafficking um, that are recovering out or even some survivors that just can't quite get on their feet, that they've been out of the life for a couple of months and they just are not quite making it. A lot of times that forces them back into the life. And so we're able to provide them care, a nice little residential home where they will be able to get services, food, rest. It's a transitional home. So it's a 90 day program to where the minute they come in, we start their discharge planning. So we have case managers wrapped around them, peer support, trauma therapists, mentors, advocates, volunteers, so that they begin to have a life. They begin to step out into independent living, something that many of them have not had. Yeah. yeah and we actually we actually have our first female that will be in today. That's awesome. It's hard to use awesome in the same context as human trafficking, but it's a step out. It, absolutely. It's a step up into a whole new yes. life. These victims and survivors have lost all hope. Yeah. There's nothing left in their world. When we recover them and we come face to face, there is nothing left. They're they're just empty. And so the fact that we can have a warm bed for them, they they give up their phone, so it's completely safe. Nobody knows where they are. Very few law enforcement know where it's at. They've actually come and toured. Um, but it's they're safe. For the first time in a long time, they're safe. I you know, I just so applaud that. Um, and the dedication because I mean, this is truly the hands and feet of Christ at work. Amen. And God has put a burden for these victims on your hearts. Again, I know some of your your peers, and mm-hmm. it's it's genuine. This is not a job, right? This is not something you dabble in. This is a life choice, and it's truly a, a burden that that you ache for. I mean, I've seen it personally, mm-hmm. and I just really applaud that. Um, so many of these victims, as, as we talked about, you know, they come from bad backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is they have, they don't come to you happy, healthy, and whole. No. And a lot of times they do revert back 
because even if it's bad, it's familiar. That's right. You know, and and we've all tried to break out of things that aren't healthy for us. You know, um, McDonald's French fries. Yeah. I revert back every time, you know. Because they're so amazing. They are amazing and not the same thing. And I shouldn't make light, but, you know. No, um, absolutely. It's it's hard because you have to have the frame of mind and your team has to have the frame of mind that it's not a failure and it's not a rejection. It's mm-hmm. just the next step in the process. And you and you guys all do it so very, very mm-hmm. well. And that and another part of that process is we have women and, and men at all stages. And so everybody that we come in contact with will not be um, appropriate for the housing. So so with we have that population and then we have a middle population that are homeless. So we're still providing services for those individuals who just can't seem to make the appropriateness to be in a house because they're choosing to continue to use and some other different dangerous activities. And then we have the population who think that they're ready to have a, an independent life. And so we have our case managers and our people spread across all these different arenas and they get to watch the progression from one to the other. But like you said, and then sometimes they take a couple steps back and we still love them. We are not judging them and we just provide what we can for them. That's that's a true gift to have that, yeah. you know. I have to say, I was talking to one of one of your gals the other day and she said to me, I said, so how's, how's the new house coming? And she said, you know, honestly, we have identified enough victims that we could actually open three if we, if we just could. So folks, if you got a house out there that we Absolutely. could. Absolutely. Um, we're going to give you contact information here in a little yeah. bit, but just planning that seat out there. And here's something else. You know, we had, when we've been doing, we've been training volunteers to go into the home. And one of the things that they said was, are we in danger in the home? And I assured them as well as all the rest of my team assured her as well is, no, these women want to be there. Yeah. They want to be there. They give up their their phones because all of our victims come with multiple phones, cell phones. They want to be there. They want to have a place where they can sleep. They can eat, they can shower when they're when they want to, and they don't have to ask permission, and they don't have somebody buying them every twenty minutes. You know, that's incredible. I have I have read enough real life stories of survivors. We've published one in the magazine in the past, and their life is unbelievable. Yeah. You cannot imagine what their lives are yeah. like. And so what what a gift for them. So I wanna ask if someone who's listening should come across someone that they suspect is a trafficking victim. What should they do? Because I know I was with my my son and his family in Salt Lake one time and took my grandson to the to the restroom and there was a gal in the bathroom. I, and I know she was a traffic. I had to help her get dressed. And mm-hmm. and so, and you know, and I handled it wrong. So let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that too. What should, how should I have handled that? So call your law enforcement. Call the immediately 911. Absolutely. We would handle a little bit different. We would actually, we have other um, non-911 numbers, but anybody out there that actually comes across it or even you suspect it, it's better to have a, a no-go. It's better to have one that's not actually a trafficking than miss one that is trafficking. And so hands down, call 911. Let them know, hey, this is what I think is happening. I've had some education or I've, I've listened to somebody and I think this might be it because they would rather come and check it and it'd be something different than actually miss it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I wanted to get that out there. Because like I said, I thought I was Mighty Mouse. I was going to save the day. And I think it was you actually that told me, don't do that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell me, we want to help. Okay. And some of our listeners, I'm sure, want to help. So how do we how do we get in contact with Idaho Cobbs? Um, our webpage is idahocobbs.org. It's just Idaho and C-O-B-S dot org. Um, we have Facebook, Idaho Cobbs 
Facebook. We have Cobbs-Idaho on a Venmo. Please just reach out. Reach out to us. Um, Bree Gager is my coordinator, my volunteer coordinator. She's amazing. She's got a beautiful heart. Oh, I just love her, along with my all the rest of my team. Um, but they, she will help. She will plug people in where they need to go. Um, her and, and Shonda Brenner are also, they work together and to get volunteers. They will let you know if you want to donate anything, if you want to just come and listen to a training, if you want to reach out and help in our drop-in center or in our house. That's awesome. Do you have a do you have a wish list on there on your website? We do. Okay. Uh, we have an Amazon wish list and then there's another wish list. Awesome. Usually it's food. Right now we, you know, we're we're trying to collect food for the house. Well, and there's so much need for that, you yes. know, and I I think that most of us are throwing extra things into our grocery carts as we're going mm-hmm. and and then looking for homes to for them to land. So, um so, gosh, Paula, this has been an incredible time. What what did I forget? What do we need to talk about? We have, um, we have just a couple minutes left. Just so we all, I, I just really always continue to put it, this out there, is a victim can look like anybody and so can a trafficker. Social media for children is the worst avenue ever. These kids are being connected on social media with uh, with traffickers across the board. Please, please, please watch your children's electronics. That's, that is such great advice. That is such great advice. My my granddaughter finally has an Instagram page, and that's the number one. Oh, she gets so frustrated <laughs> with her folks. You're always checking on me, but there, you know, you have to. You just can't be asleep at the wheel. Absolutely. And homeless people can be victims of trafficking. We have so many women that we work with. They're not just homeless. A lot of the homeless population are victims of trafficking. How sad. Yes. How sad. Well, Paula, gosh, time has flown by. Please promise me you'll come back another time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's that's right, folks. We're at the end of our time today. I want to thank you for joining us. And thank you, too, for those of you who reach out with words of encouragement. It means a great deal to all of us at Christian Living Ministries, regardless of what branch you're in. And we invite you to come back next week and listen i know i say this almost every week but we have another special guest joining us and maybe a special announcement too until next time god bless this has been christian living spotlight an extension of christian living magazine where it's our desire to deliver faith hope encouragement and perhaps a new perspective about god's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of christ at work in our community and beyond For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.